Floodcast. Floodcast. Get in the arena. Hello and greetings to another fun-filled, exciting episode of Floodcast. As always, here with my compadre, Jason. Hello. Welcome to Floodcast, Will, Willie, Will. I want to thank everybody for the comments and likes and shares. and I'm amazed. We have really steadily been growing. What we're up to, like 7 million likes and follows now? 8 million? Almost. Yeah. I mean, Almost. We're getting close to that. Close. Something like that. Something like that. Um, other than that, anyway, anyway uh, just to get back to it, appreciate it. Um, it's crazy that we got up to 7, 8 million likes and views. I mean, I lose count. It's, yeah, it's, I don't. I, I don't keep track of any of that stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. But make sure you subscribe, share. Uh, you can listen to us anywhere: podcasts, uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Play, Breaker, Radio Public, Anchor. Anywhere. Well, of course, we got that meeting today with uh, NBC. I know they want to do uh, that special with us. Yes, on NBC. So we may be going national here very soon. We're not sure. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, Parlor. Thank you, everybody on Parlor. We've been growing like crazy on Parlor. Love that site. Uh, Gab, Flawed Inc., Flawcast CLE. Look it up. We're there. Get in the arena. This episode, but I wanted to discuss something that was based on a conversation I had, you and I had with somebody a couple of weeks ago, and you were asking me. I don't know the gist of the conversation that you had with this guy, but you're like, Bill, explain socialism to this dude. Remember we were at the bar? I remember it, but I don't remember it. Yeah, that's okay. Long and short is I started, you know, rethinking things. I'm not coinciding or agreeing with socialism, but I started thinking like, you know, there's a lot of pervasive thought in in America that socialism is actually a really good thing. You know, you got the Bernie Sanders crowd that that thinks socialism... Democratic socialism is a good thing. Feel the burn, baby. Feel the burn, yeah. You're going to get burned. I want us to really discuss uh, pragmatically what socialism is, the some of the history, the ideological, but the philosophical counterpoint that socialism is not only a flawed way of governance, but also it always ends up in extreme violence, how socialism is kissing cousin with communism, and the fact that socialism communism has been responsible for more deaths in, in the last century than any other cause. And that's just a kind of a glossed over, overlooked fact. So I want us to kind of get into this. Did a little bit of research. So here, uh, went to Gallup. Gallup's a pretty reliable source for polling. It says here, four in 10 Americans embrace some form of socialism. 43% of Americans say socialism's the good thing for the country. 51% believe socialism would be a bad thing for the country. That Americans split viewing economy as free market and government control. You know, when you've got 43% of the population of a free society thinking that socialism is a good thing. That is disconcerting. And it says to me, there's a couple of things we should be weary of, and uh, we're going to get into that. But I want us to kind of just lay out a basic understanding of socialism. And in the Merriam-Webster's definition of the, in the dictionary, it says socialism, uh, one, any of various economic and political theories advocating collective or government ownership and administration of the means of production and distribution of goods. Uh, two, a system uh, or society, a group living in which there is no private property, a system or condition, a society in which the means of productions are owned and controlled by the state, 
a, a stage of society in Marxist theory transitional between capitalism and communism and distinguished by an unequal distribution of goods and pay according to work done. So just the definition there alone, if you really break that down, it's not a good, fair system. Right now, you work 40 hours. You get paid for those 40 hours. And the distribution of that wealth goes to you, and then you decide what you want to do with that. Socialism, it really isn't that. It's all up to distribution of the goods. Everything is solely reliant on the government. When you say everything, I mean, you don't mean everything. I do. Like, what do you mean everything? My house? Well, I mean, you look at socialist societies, and private ownership is usually not a thing. So, meaning the state runs just about everything. There are few exceptions, but, you know, there's normally a a static wage. In socialism, there is no upper class, middle class, or lower class. There is a very, very, very high upper upper class, and then there's everyone else. Well, how do you get to that very high upper, 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 upper class? Well, like George Carlin said, it's a big club, and you and I ain't in it. That's the thing. Unless you're one of these controllers, unless you're one of these marionettes, if you will, pulling the strings of the puppets, you don't. Because because that's one of the good things about capitalism we're going to get into in a moment. If you, if you have an idea for a company in a free market, in a capitalist society, you, by your own hard work, your own diligence, your own ingenuity, your own creativeness, can create something, put something out there. And in the free market, if people like it, they will buy it. You'll be, become wealthy. That doesn't happen in socialism. The government will own whatever that is. They will reap the reward of it. And you will be given a penance of whatever. So everyone's equal. Mm. In a thought or um, an idea, in notion, the the notion that everyone is equal. And we all get the same amount of money, right? Same amount of whatever from the government. Like they just, right? We don't actually go work for a private company, right? Well, once again, the state owns. Is, so or, when I went to work for the restaurant, the restaurant's not owned independently by somebody. Once again, usually, if it's not owned by the state, it is heavily regulated and heavily monitored by the state. Okay. So, but if I work harder, I can make more. No. So if I work less hard than someone else, I still make as much as them? Yes. We're, we're going to get so into... So if I show up on time and they don't, we still make the same amount of money? More or less. And we're going to get into this in a moment, but the, the, the basic difference between capitalism and socialism is that capitalism, in theory, makes it that everybody starts at the same place. And then people have their own minds, their own decisions, their own creativity, their own proclivities, and they can make decisions. And whatever outcome happens based on those decisions is, you know, what kind of life that person has. With socialism, everybody starts at different places, but they end up at the same place. So, you know, for example, you and I, we don't earn the same. You you make a different yearly wage than I do. But under these socialistic rules, you may work your butt off, and I may work like 10 hours a week, but essentially we are going to still end up at the same living, the same neighborhood the same you know good status or whatever you want to say yeah you know it's funny i would i would compare that to like think about playing football bill you played we played football together when we were young yes you're way better so, at it than I was. oh stop so no, we played football when we were young so of course when you play sport like football especially when you're young you got a lot of uh, a lot of kids who play who you know play for different reasons they're they're feeling it out they're seeing if it's something they want to do it's not necessarily you're not quite in high school or even junior high yet. You know, it's still just a fun thing to do. It's a social thing. And you have some kids that take it very seriously and work very hard. They practice at home on their spare time. 
They run every sprint as hard as they can. They, they practice as hard as they can. And a lot of times those kids end up being in what they call skill positions, running back, receiver, quarterback, things like that. So if we tied the socialism to that, those kids that worked really hard just end up on the line. They're, they're, on the line or an unskilled position. Right. While the kids who don't practice extra at home, who don't run the sprints as hard as they can, and everything else, get to also do the skilled positions, even though they haven't put in the the time or the effort to earn that. There's no really earning anything. You just get handed to you. Yeah. So, sounds like a, doesn't sound like it's very motivated. Well, the motivation. The motivation is, I don't know, the folks that don't want to do anything. Exactly. Folks, uh, I'm asking these questions, not as if I don't know, but really to make it very clear and to help demonstrate how, you know, what socialism really is, what we're right. really talking about here. Well, and so this is, this is the thing we're hopefully going to get into this a little bit later, but like socialism and communism are, they're kissing cousins. I mean, they're, they're the same thing. So let me, let me read to you the definition of uh, communism from the, the same dictionary. A system in which goods are owned in common and are available to all as needed. A theory of advocating elimination of private property. Doctrine based on the revolutionary Marxist socialism and Marxist Leninist that was the official ideology of the USSR, which for those who are too young, uh, that used to be Russia. A totalitarian system of government in which a single authoritarian party controls state-owned means of production. And then the last definition says, a final stage of society in Marxist theory in which the state has withered away and economic goods are distributed equally. So if we look at that last definition, and then we compare it to the definition of socialism, a various economic and political theories advocating collective or governmental ownership and administration of the means of production and distribution of goods, it's essentially the same thing. It means, once again, to quote George Carlin, it's a big club and you ain't in it. And the people at the top are the government, the state, I, aka Big Brother, they're the ones that are, you know, controlling these strings, these marionettes, if you will. Now, you know, it's important it talks about Marxism really thinly, not thinly veiled, it's blatant. So communism, socialism is a nice way of saying Marxism. Uh, you know, it's a, a system of economic and political thought developed by Karl Marx, along with uh, Frederick Engels, especially the doctrine that the state throughout history has been a device of the exploitation of the assembly of dominant class. That class struggle has been the main agency of historical change and that capitalist societies containing from the first the seed of its own decay uh, will eventually after a period of all dictatorship and the proletarian has superseded by a socialistic order and classes society so basically what it, that's saying is that everyone's equal no one's special everybody's under control of the government or big brother you can under, you know, when someone says democratic socialism, that's an oxymoron, because if you clearly see what the definition of these are, there is no democratic say, there is no vote. You're there, once again, to quote George Carlin, it's a big club. You're not in it. You know, if you're not the head, you're the tail. It's pretty crazy. 43% of Americans want that. 43% of Americans don't know. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's interesting because uh, one of the 
websites I, I subscribe to, I like a lot, it's called PragerU, and they have these people that go on the streets, and I've watched a lot of their videos, and uh, the one guy, he'll, he'll stop people randomly and say, hey, you know, what do you think about socialism? And normally, most people, they'll say, oh, socialism is good, we need to be social, we need to be loving and talking to people. Right, so, no idea what socialism is. No, exactly. What if we, instead of asking them about socialism, what if we said something like this, socialism, you know, like countries like Albania, Algeria, Angola, Burma, Congo, Cuba, Ethiopia, Laos, Somalia, Vietnam, Yemen, China. China. Should we? That's that's. They have socialism. What, you, do you, what do you think? Well, my answer to that would be the most predominant, which most hard hitting as of right now, currently at this point in history, which you didn't mention, is Venezuela. Venezuela bad. Venezuela bad. bad. Well, and here's the thing: like, and it went from good in the nineties, in the the late nineties. So we're barely talking twenty years. Venezuela is one of the top producing countries in the world. And then they had adopted socialism as a model. And now their currency, what they used to value, what they used to treasure as currency, is littered the streets because it is worth nothing. Yeah, they, they literally, um, as I read an article earlier, locked five zeros off the end of the value of their money. Think yes. about that for a second. Right. That means $50,000 worth <laughs> five bucks. Is worth five. Right. Well, you so know, imagine imagine having some money in the bank there. You know, that, that's the old, and this is something that people don't realize because, once again, this is something that people just throw around. Hitler was a, a socialist. You know, Nazis was the National Socialist Party in yep. Germany. And when when that the Nazi Party fully came to power, people would have a wheelbarrow full of cash and they couldn't even buy a loaf of bread with it. That's how devalued the currency is in, in those kind of things. You know, it's like working your butt off and saying, hey, I'm just going to be here on the dole and I'm just going to, you know, suck the teat, uh, societal teat, if you will, and chill out all day and play video games while you work your butt off because there is no incentive. It is not an incentivized thing for the individual, A, to fully shell out their creativity, to fully become immersed and engaged not only in their life but in society. But it also, it completely devolves society to make a, a perpetual victimized class. Well, the crazy part of what we're talking about here in socialism in the United States is that it goes against everything that our Constitution says. Socialism is government-run, period. End of story. That's another way to say socialism. I don't care what kind of socialism you say. Socialism, uh, municipality socialism, or whatever. Demo I really democratic socialism. Yeah, it's all socialism BS. is run by the government or mm -hmm. the powerful people. We already have that issue, if you haven't noticed, in this country right now, where our government is not focused on what their constituents want by any means. They're not listening at all. It's simply what they want to do once they get into power. They are becoming millionaires because of big business and everything else. And people feel like socialism is going to help that. All it's going to do is give them more power and give you less power. It's literally continuing to take power away from us, the individual, take our rights away, my right to do whatever I want. I have the right today to go make money. Right? I, I want to go make money because I have a vacation that I want to take with my family. So I go get a second job to make more money or I come up with an idea to make more money or I put an ad in Craigslist and said, hey, I'm starting my own business. I'm going to plow snow or I'm going right. to do fall cleanups in, for yards. This is what I charge. 
I have the ability to do that. And keep the profit. So you get You're to right. reap the reward. So that of I can your... then do things for myself, do sure. things for my so, family. Right. So let's say for a hundred bucks, you're going to come and clean someone's yard, rake their leaves, you do, do like a winterization of their yard, right? right? You get to keep that. Well, well theoretically, you get to keep that hundred dollars, right. but we have to pay taxes, taxes right? And whatnot, but I get to keep the profits. I get exactly. to keep what's left of that. We already pay not just taxes to maintain public schools and public roads that mm -hmm. everyone gets to ride on. And I'll tell you, man. Well, Obama I, said you didn't. Make I make that. I make a decent living and I pay a lot of money every year. And you own your own. A lot of money. I and you own, own your own business. I own my own right. business. I've worked a long time and I worked hard to get there. And I pay a lot of money into taxes. And I don't bitch about it. I really don't. I'm fine with it. It is what it is. I'm not okay with the overtaxation I'm paying taxes on my money like 50 times because of all the things I got to pay tax on. But about my income tax, I pay that money, I pay my property tax, all that stuff to make the schools better. Well, I might pay in more than someone else who, who uses those schools. I pay in the programs so that folks that don't have as much can have health care, right. can have food stamps, can have school-funded lunches. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with giving a percentage of what I make already, which I already do, to help other folks have an opportunity. doesn't mean that that we need to let folks, everyone, have equality as far as end game equality. Right. That is going to depend on what you put into it. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes folks are born into a situation that makes it extremely challenging. I understand that. Yeah. I get that. Okay. But I'll tell you, when I grew up, I didn't get new things. I wore $12 tennis shoes my whole life. Okay. Mm -hmm. When my jeans got holes in them, we put patches on them. We didn't have new cars. We didn't live in a big house. With that said, we didn't want for anything. Right. I eat meals, never wanted for food, never wanted for clothes, never wanted for happiness. Went to the amusement park every year for a vacation. You know, went went to Disney World once, uh, went to Florida a couple other times, had holidays and everything, but um, we weren't wealthy by any means. And I'll Mon tell you right now. Monetarily. I monetarily. I didn't go to college. I don't have a college degree. I've worked my ass off. I started washing dishes when I was 12 years old. That's what I started doing. I was managing a restaurant at 18. And I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just saying what I was taught by my parents was you work hard and you have integrity. And if you have those things and you keep your nose clean for the most part, stay out of trouble, serious trouble, be a kid, but stay out of trouble, you can you can find the success that you want. Success is different from for everyone. In in a capitalist free market society. So let me let me read just the definition of capitalism. So we have an understanding of that. We have a place where we can go back. So we understand cap, uh, socialism, we understand communism, we understand Marxism. Let's let's just read the the definition. It says it's an ep economic system characterized by private or corporate ownership of capital goods by investments that are determined by private decisions and by prices, production, and the distribution of goods that are determined mainly by competition in a free market. So you and I have ideas to start businesses. You as a business owner know this. Su success lies solely on our ability to make a, a good product if you invent something or uh, if you're, you clean up yards like we were just talking about earlier to be the best, most efficient yard cleaner upper there is. The harder you work, the more efficient you work, the, the more competitive you can be in the free market society, the better that you're, you're going to do as an individual, the more that you can grow. So, and obviously, you know, you pay taxes, blah, 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 so on and so forth. But the reality of it is, is that your earning potential is not hindered or halted by a state or a governmental system that prohibits the free exercise thereof, if you will. Food for thought. I was talking about a, this article I read, and then I want to get into something 
that really impacted me when I heard it. But it's on a website. I'll put the link in the bio of our episode. Uh, intellectualtakeout.org. It says, Socialism and fascism have always been kissing cousins. It's a really, really informative, good article. But there's three main points that I took out of this article. And I just want to share because with the pervasive idea that socialism is a good thing, it really, in American culture, in American society, that will be our undoing. That will be un- unraveling. Not just economically, but it will also be personally, spiritually, mentally our undoing. So there's a couple reasons why, according to this article, and this has become so pervasive. The first one is, uh, scholars have failed to convince the public of just how wicked all forms of communism were and remain. Most historians have focused their research and teaching of how quote-unquote, liberated every form of eccentricity has become and how, in terms of race and gender, victims remain victims. Remember I said that earlier, perpetual victim class. Almost all historians ignore the most salient fact of the 20th century that governments murdered more than 200 million innocents, the largest massacre in the history of the world, terror reigned in the killing fields, the Holocaust, and the Gulag. You know, the, people overlook, you know, uh, they talk about the killing fields, like Pope Pot in Cambodia, uh, you know, Mao in China, you know, obviously Hitler, Mussolini, like all these communist, social, quote-unquote, socialist regimes that have murdered, and 200, quite frankly, is a very conservative estimate where, you know, it says, you know, I'm wording creating a a perpetual victim class, but the state aspect of it, this is an important thing to realize. The second thing is um, the, an entire generation had grown up never knowing such things as a Soviet gulag or even the Berlin wall. Indeed, it's been more of a full generation since communism existentially threatened sustained violence on a global scale. So when we grew up, one of my favorite movies was Red Dawn and, you know, like the whole idea of fighting the, the Russians and, uh, you know, the, uh, Cuba at the time, they joined forces. And, uh, my point being is that when we grew up, there was a real threat of communism. There was a real threat of, you know, that socialist, that fascist dictatorship kind of a thing. You know, Gorbachev in Russia, you know, uh, right. that, you know, oh, yeah. East versus West, you know, the Rocky, you know, Drago. Cold know. War, baby. Exactly. So there hasn't been that public face to it. It's more subversive now. China is a communist socialist country. They are communists, much like North Korea is a communist country. We don't really see the atrocities because they are very, the state is very manipulative and very cunning in what it releases to the public to see the atrocities that under communism they perform. Right. So the third thing is um, the five nations that remain officially communist, Cuba, Laos, Vietnam, North Korea, and mainland China, uh, seem to be relentlessly backwards, mad or, or capitalist. No one thinks about the first three countries anymore. North Korea looks like uh, a loony bin. China seems more bent on a profit and power than anything profits officially. So those are a couple reasons for, I, I think, very pervasive reasons for people kind of ignoring the atrocities of, of socialism of communism. And here's the thing, socialism always devolves into communism. Uh, some of the other information, and if you have anything you want to share, please let me know. But ultimately, this is how I look at things in our one episode. We talk about like Neuralink and all that stuff. You know, I talk about like the mark of the beast system and all that. It's eventually going to devolve into globalism. Uh, globalism, it's a national geopolitical party in which the entire world is regarded and an appropriate 
sphere for a state's influence, the development of social, cultural, technological, or economic networks that transcend national boundaries and globalization. So essentially, you know, instead of it being regionalized to a country, it's going to be the whole globe. Yeah. Uh, We see that with like the EU, with the United Nations, NATO, things of that nature. So Joe Rogan, who I listen to, often he recently had a, a, a guest on his show and i'm i'm just i'm gonna butcher his name and <laughs> so I, I do apologize but I, I believe you pronounce it naval ravikant he was on uh episode 1309 of the joe rogan experience are you familiar with him no no go ahead well this the gist of this episode was basically how to create wealth how to create like a healthy mindset how to it was kind of a holistic thing but there was one part where they kind of dived into the notion of uh socialism communism I'm just going to share a little bit from that episode, uh, some of the quotes, because they really, really hit me. It was really profound. So this is uh, Naval is talking. Uh, We need to be able to engage in free trade. Uh, The correct criticism of capitalism is when it does not provide equal. And so we should always strive to provide equal opportunity. But people confuse that with equal outcome. When you have equal outcome, that can only be enforced through violence because different people, free people, make different choices. And when they make different choices, they have different outcomes. And if you don't let them suffer the consequences of bad choices or reap the reward from good choices, then you are forcefully distributing through violence it's interesting that there's no socialist working or socialist examples that exist without violence. You basically need someone to show up with a gun. So right there is another example of you have to enforce that violently. George Orwell talks about the proles. If the proles start to rise up, that's when you know Big Brother has to calm things down. Another thing that, that Neville said is, Problem is because these looters who have ruined capitalism's name that you get socialists coming in and saying burn the whole system down right you burn the whole system down and end up like venezuela or the former soviet union you know you don't want to be a full socialist state emaciated teens hunting cats in the streets uh, to eat right then literally happened in, in, in some of these places so you know once again he's talking about the idea of the former soviet union we're talking about venezuela earlier the fact that those societies have devolved so drastically so much from their former state or their former glory based on this uneven unfair economic system he shares a quote from this gentleman his name's Naslim Philippe. I always like when Naslim Philippe, where he said, with my family, I'm a communist. With my close friends, I'm a socialist. You know that at my state level politics, I'm a Democrat. You know the higher levels, I'm a Republican. And at the federal level, I'm a libertarian, right? So basically, the larger the group of people you have amassed together, who have different interests, the less trust there is, the more cheating there is, the better the incentives have to be aligned, the better the system has to work. The more you go towards capitalism, the smaller the group you're in. So in your house, you and your uncles and aunts, family is socialist. That's the right way to be in a loving, happy, integrated life. But when you're dealing with strangers, you want to be a real socialist, great. Open your doors and windows tomorrow. Uh, please, everybody come and take what you want and see how that works out. No, people like to talk about it. 
But and that and that just brings me. Who's the uh, maybe most famous current socialist in our government? Bernie Sanders. Bernie. AOC. Right, but this is the funny thing. I mean, Bernie has definitely been there a lot longer. He's <laughs> he's the one, right? He really he uh, wants to be Venezuela. He's made it very clear, right, that that's what he wants America to be. He's literally said that. This dude's freaking crazy. So, but but check this out. This is what bullshit these people talk. It, it's really easy for them. As long as it's not their money they're giving away, right, as long as they still get to stay on top and have all the things they want. Bernie Sanders released his tax return. Okay, he disclosed them. He topped a million dollars. Okay, now these are the people that he always bitches about. So he feels that you should have to pay upwards of 43%. So what do you think he paid? He paid the 26% is required. His gross income is $561,000 and some change. Okay, 2018 which you pay 26% tax on, which is the tax rate, right? When he says that we should pay more. So when asked about it saying, hey, did you, why didn't you pay more in taxes? Why didn't you not take the deductions that were there for you? Why didn't you give more of that money to help other people? His response was, come on, I paid the taxes that I owe. So he's not interested in giving his wealth to other people. Well, and this is also a gentleman who had to lay off the majority of his staff in his last campaign because he refused to pay them the minimum wage that in New York City, he refused to pay them that living wage. You know, so he's like, well, I'm just going to lay him off. I'm just going to cut back my staff. Right. So it's utter hypocrisy. The other thing I wanted to say, and I think this is probably the most important in that whole bit with uh, Joe and Naval. Joe says, uh, you know, the idea of income inequality that always strikes me as a very, it's very deceptive term, income inequality. That's Neville's response is, well, let's flip it around. It comes from income inequality. Outcome inequality is there because you make different choices. Now, again, going back as if it were because I didn't have the same opportunity, that's a problem, yeah. So society should always try to give people equal opportunities, right? So in our society, how the Constitution, how America has traditionally been laid out is you and I, Jason, we start at point A. Now, point Z is, you know, when we go tits up, if you will. Okay. We take a dirt nap. You and I both essentially have same opportunities. Now, you have different proclivities. We have different talents. We in America traditionally have always had the opportunity to take those proclivities, to take those talents, to take that ingenuity, to take the hard work and do with that what we please to earn a living, to be a productive member of society. What socialism is saying is whatever our financial goal is, let's say you want to be a millionaire, but let's just say you want to be like a Donald Trump kind of guy, right? That's awesome. If you achieve that, that's awesome. If I achieve what I achieve, that's awesome. But here's the thing. Under socialism, communism, we end up at the same place. Let's just let's just reverse that. Let's just say you make great decisions and I make stupid decisions. Let's just say for the sake of argument, I piss all my money away on records and CDs and comic books. That would never happen. That would never ever happen. But let's just say that you're wise and you invest and you put you start a business and you 10, 15 years, you put all your money back into your business. But at that point, then you start returning. You start seeing the returns. You start seeing that investment start to pay off. You achieve your goal of being a millionaire, multi-millionaire. And I, let's just say for sake of argument, I am just in a room surrounded by thousands of CDs and records, but I don't have a, win- a pot to piss in or window to throw it out. You and I both had the same ability. We had the same opportunities. We started at the same point, but where we finished is a different socialism. That mul- those multi-millions, 
that you made will help fuel my ever-growing record collection, theoretically. It just doesn't make any sense at all for this country. The reality is this. If you want socialism, there are countries out there to have it. Go for it. The misnomer that socialism is going to provide everybody equal opportunity. Everyone the same shitty equal opportunity. Well, exactly. And, you know, you never hear these you know, purveyors of socialism talk about, A, the fact that socialism always, you know, that Naval, Naval said it, that article I read said it, socialism always devolves into communism because you have to forcefully keep people oppressed. It's something within the human spirit that the Almighty has put into us to make us want to rise above, to make us be our best selves, to not only honor Him in that, because, you know, uh, there's a parable in the Bible where there's three different people and there's the, the boss, essentially. And the boss gives people different talents. In the Bible, it talks about it being money. So there's a guy with ten talents, a guy with five talents, a guy with two talents. So the guy with ten talents is and smart. He invests it. He gets another ten talents. And the boss is like, dude, that's awesome. I'm going to give you a ten talents. Give me what you, you earned. And then go and do what you're going to do and start another business. The guy with five talents, same thing. The guy with two talents, he's like, the boss came to him and said, you know, what did you do with the money I gave you? And he got, well, I knew you're a mean person. I didn't want to lose any of your money, so I just I put it under my mattress. And he goes, you ass. You could at least put it in the bank and earn interest. And he, so he took it, and he's like, ow. So the other guy with two, who did nothing, kind of thrown on his button. And so my point being is that, even in the in the scriptures, even in the earliest days, the Almighty has put something in most of us, all of us, I believe, to take our talents, make a living, improve society, to help the, the betterment of man, if you will. Well, I was taught growing up, life's about choices, and those choices are going to make up, it's going to make look back. Your past, your life, it's all built upon the choices that you made. And what we're saying with socialism is, don't worry about your choices, good or bad. You're going to be all right. If, if you make great choices and you work really hard, tough fucking luck. If you make bad choices, don't worry, we got you. And the reality is we're already set up in this system that we have to be able to help the folks that made bad choices. We really are. There's all sorts of assistance out there. There's all sorts of opportunity out there. It, it's unbelievable. And they're like, well, you know, we're, we're, we're so inequality is so bad that if you work this job, you, you can't even afford to live. Let's go look at some of these socialist countries. None of them can afford to live, and there's no opportunity. You know, I actually have a very good friend of mine. Unfortunately, he sadly passed away a few years ago. But he grew up in Romania when he was a kid. And he used to tell me stories about how at 7 o'clock, all the power gets shut off to all the houses. Go to bed. How they were rationed two loaves of bread every day that that that's how he lived and he did everything he could to get out of there and become a united states citizen and that's what he did he explained to me what he lived he was forced to be in the military which i don't know that i disagree with that by the way i think he could serve some people well but that's a whole other topic yeah another episode Um, but there's no there's no option he had to go to the military just a lot of pretty crazy things when you think about it no opportunity for his family to get out of the hole they were in the hole that everyone was in so not just his family all the families everyone uh, without leaving the country. And that's what he had to do. Of course, when he left and he became a United States citizen and then made enough money in the U.S. to bring his sister and his mom and his dad to the U.S. as well. He can do that and shit many, 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 many miles away and having to earn citizenship in this country. Right. And we bitch and moan 
because so-and-so doesn't have an opportunity, stop it, man. Well, That's what this country is. Sure. In America, people, people aren't going to like this, and I'm okay with that because people don't really understand history. America has been flirting with democratic socialism Really, since the FDR administration, yeah, that's you know that's when all these you know Social Security, uh, all the you know they they started with the wheatless and the meatless during the Great Depression, uh, with the Dust Bowl in the Midwest, so on and so forth. But that's when a lot of these programs started to come out and, and be rolled out. And you know, Social Security is just a big Ponzi scheme. But essentially, before that, America, like people that were downtrodden, if there were people in our society, because there's always been people in our society that have been less fortunate from whether they're born with some some kind of handicap or something that keeps them from being able to achieve or work as hard as another person. There's always been those. Even Jesus said, you know, you're always going to have the poor. In those times, pre-FDR, churches help people, family help people, right? So let's just say, for example, let's just say you have a fourth sibling and that fourth sibling has club feet and it makes them incredibly, they were born that way, it makes them incredibly difficult for them to walk, to, to live a productive, normal life, maybe like you or, or I could in, in that regard. The family would help. So whatever position or whatever kind of job that person would have, there would be help until that person could be stable. You know, that would be shelter, providing food, you know, right. give them a place. Right. And that, and I, I really, really believe in that. Now, problem with a lot of these socialist programs that we're, programs that we're talking about, like, is that there is no incentivization for people to say, hey, I'm going to help you. But in return, blah, blah, blah. Back in the day, like, and you know how families are, you're, you're not going to be able to sit there and rest on your laurels and let mom and dad, well, nowadays you can, but back then you couldn't let mom and dad take care of you. And the reality of it is, is that that's how it used to be. So, but now, you know, F, like I said, FDR was that person. Well, and that, I think a lot of things tie into that bill, because I think a lot of what you said has a lot of truth. And when you think about it, we also have to look at the decline of, family and family values. Well, absolutely. And that's uh, purposeful. You know, and you talk, you know, and I, I'm not trying to make this one, one system or, or one party or another, but you know, if you, if you look at people that consider themselves progressives, like, you know, your example of Bernie Sanders, well, I pay what tax I have, I pay what I'm supposed to pay, right? Those types of people, and I'm painting this with a very broad stroke. I, I will preface that. Mm -hmm. Statistically speaking, those are the people that give the least amount of money to charitable organizations. They're the ones that do the least to help, uh, you know, people in their neighborhood or to, you know, societal improvement. Statistically speaking, that those are facts. There is sort of a proclivity within the regards of a socialist communist mindset. Oddly enough, it's all about me when in reality, and this is another one of the great deceptions, that socialism and communism has nothing to do with the individual. It has to do with the state. It has to do with the government. Or, you know, we're talking about globalism, that de-evolution from, right. from socialism and communism and globalism. It has to do with you, the person, mean nothing. You are simply a spoke in the wheel. You are a cog in the machine. It is the state that benefits. What, what really kills me, and I'm going to go back to things we've talked about before, and one of the things we talked about before is history and learning from history, is when you look historically at socialism and capitalism, 99 times out of 100, not only does it fail, not only does it create poverty amongst the people, it, as you mentioned earlier, includes violence, it includes death. And I don't mean like death because of poverty. I mean like massacres. I mean, why are we not looking at the history of socialism and communism and realizing what the hell we're talking about? Why do we think, you know, what's the definition of insanity, Bill? Doing the same thing over again and expecting different results. 
Are you freaking kidding me? Well, well, the thing is this. When you look at, I know the United States isn't perfect, and I'm not going to sit here and say it is. Sure. There's all sorts of things that need to be fixed. But the reality is this. The capitalistic society, the republic that we've built, it works. And mm -hmm. we're at the top. And we got there in a very short period of time. But comparing it to communistic countries. Sure. Well, the two things I would say is... Trying to take over those entire countries. Or, or just take the country they have, and it ties very much into racism. They literally try to get rid of whole freaking classes of people. It's sure. just extermination. It's disgusting. It, it's genocide. It's true fascism. Like, we throw that word I mean, fascism around a lot, but that's true historically, fascism. Historically, like, over the last hundred years, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous that we even have to have this conversation. You know, the, so the two things I would say is like crony capitalism is horrible. And I, I have this discussion with one of my best friends all the time. You know, there, in 2008 when there were all those bailouts like GM for all that stuff, I was always like, F them. Let them fail. That's how the market works. Because if they would have failed, yeah, that would have been bad, catastrophic. People would have lost jobs. However, the market would have found something to replace that that eventually would have picked up, right? So let's just say GM went out of business. Well, maybe Chrysler would have picked up that slack. And you know what I'm saying? So there's, well, and that, and, yeah. but, but, but no, exactly. But here's the thing when the government bails that out, there's no, I mean, I don't even think GM has paid back any of the, the millions and millions of dollars that the government gave them. So that's crony capitalism. But right. I would also say the other thing is, is everyone is like, when they talk about socialism, like, well, it just hasn't worked yet. It hasn't been the right situation. It hasn't been the perfect combination. There's not been the right balance in this country or that country or this example, this example. And that's the thing. That's the fallacy. That's why I call well, this the social. That's why I go back to what's the definition of insanity. Doing Stop that. it already. Stop it already. Right. Man. But, that's like jumping off a cliff. And saying, well, if I catch just the right wind, without wings, I'll be able to fly. If you just keep jumping off the cliff, eventually someone will fly. Right. No. No one will fly. Sure. And, and people will cite countries like Sweden, Switzerland, you know, stuff like that. Yes. But that's, yes. not, that's, not a, that's not real socialism in that regard. You know, if you understand that, that's not real socialism. Because, you know, people, it's more actually akin to the a capitalist society that we have. Just the state takes a larger portion. But people still have the proclivities and the natural talents that they can make a life for themselves. Just throwing that out there because I know somebody is going to comment. Well, what about Sweden? What about Sweden? Yeah, no, and I'm reading this article right in front of me here. It's funny. In the article, it says, but look, Norway. Right, <laughs> right? yeah. And then, uh, and then it says, it turns out, though, that the Denmark is awesome talking point is only the second most preposterous one used by socialists. It goes something like this. If you're a fan of roads, schools, libraries, and such, although you may not even be aware of it, you're also a supporter of socialism. Uh, this might come as a surprise to some, but every penny of the $21,206 spent by our favorite AOC, her district, each year on each student, rich or poor, is provided with the profits derived from capitalism. There is no welfare system, no library that subsists on your good intentions. Socialism leads to misery and destitution. Socialism is the leading man-made cause of death and misery in human existence. It's a great article. Got a lot of facts. Yeah, it's good. I'm telling you. It's, I'll put that in the link, too. Yeah. So, once again, I, I think in this episode, I, I try to hold my opinion back normally, but I, I, I just, I, it's such, it's a, it's a grievous thing for us to really consider. I'm not holding an opinion back on this. Uh, socialism's wrong. It's horrible. I'll fight a tooth and nail in this country. No, no, I, once again, I'm agreeing with you. 
You better be. And uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but or I'm not giving you the executive producer rights on this episode. Well, thank you. I I never think I am the executive producer. I always default to you. But nonetheless, we need to educate ourselves. One of the primary goals of what you and I do. It's like we need to really look and say wow, this really isn't a good idea. Like, if you think socialism is, we need to be more social, we need to be more loving, we need to be more outgoing, dear God. Look, just Google what countries in the last 100 years have been socialist countries and communist countries, and then read about those countries while they were socialist and communist. Just do that, and then you make the argument to me why the United States should become socialist. Well, because success and wealth are looked upon by a large portion in our society as evil, as wrong. If you succeed, you have somehow exploited someone. That's not the case. I like I'll I'll use you for example if I, I may. You're you're very successful, but you work your ass off. I hear people think people think I've heard it said that um, folks who are presidents or CEOs of larger companies or who made success even locally to become wealthy, you know, and, and they see them maybe on the golf course or they see that they fly here or fly there. They think they have these extravagant lives and that they don't work. People just pay them and they live up in the cloud somewhere. And the reality is this, I'm away from my family probably 20 weeks a year. I have five children. I miss choir concerts. I missed the Christmas choir concert for my son last week because I was in North Carolina working. I miss orchestra concerts. I miss baseball games. I miss those things so that I can continue to not just provide because I want to do more than provide. And when I say that is providing to me is more than just putting food on the table. I want to provide them with a future. We have a a son who just got his license. I want to help him get a car. I'm not going to go buy him a Mercedes. He's going to get a piece of crap just like I had. And drive that piece of crap around. Piece but I'm going to help him get that. He pays for his own insurance. Right. He has a job. Right. Well, I have four other kids that I have to help get a car. Yeah. I have five kids that want to further their education. They're all not going to go to college. They don't all want to go to college. But they do want to go. So our oldest said he doesn't think he wants to go to college, but he wants to go to a trade school. And my deal with all of them is whatever school you go to, if you graduate with a degree or certificate or whatever it is from that school, I will cover the costs of that. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. That will be my way to help you get ahead. Well, I want to be able to provide that. I can't provide that by by not sacrificing some things. Right. And I have a great relationship with them, and they understand that I have to make some sacrifices. My wife understands that I have to make some sacrifices in order to do that. On these trips, when I go out of town, I mostly see the inside of a hotel room or an office. You know, mm-hmm. when, when I go to these awesome places, like, oh, you got to go here and you got to go there. Yeah, man, I've been in like 32 states. I can't tell you anything about most of those states. They weren't on vacation, but I'm making, I have to make a lot of sacrifices in order to be able to do that. That's just the reality of it. I also, last night, I had to do emails at nine o'clock at night. I had some things I had to take care of. I take phone calls, you know, later than I have to a lot of times or on the weekends or I'll put work in on the weekends. Right. I, I don't get to leave my job and go back. It's always in my head. It's always going on. I'm constantly thinking about what I have to do. The reality is you don't get ahead by pushing other people down. You get ahead by working hard. I believe when you look at it, capitalism, it provides. Sure. It provides opportunity. It provides jobs. It helps put food on the table. You can spin anything the way you want to spin it. If you're pissed because you don't have what someone else has, then go get it. That's what's great about this country. You just said something really profound. You said that it's not about pushing people down. Actually, capitalism is the opposite. It's about lifting people up. You know, it's so it's not about 
true capitalism, once again, we're not talking about this crony government bailout capitalism bullshit. We are talking about true free market capitalism with the individual being empowered, the individual having the freedom to make their decisions, be it good or bad, and, and reap the consequences of that, once again, good or bad. True capitalism, in its purest form, its most successful form, allows the individual to not just promote himself, but to promote others with him. I mean, I'm going to sum it up like this, Bill. Capitalism equals opportunity. Socialism equals control. Socialism equals violent control. Right. Oppression. The opposite of freedom. It's and, tyranny. And this country is built on opportunity, and you have choices to make. If you blow your choices, that's too bad. Well, the good thing even about that is that if you F up, in the in America, you can get a second chance. You can get a third Absolutely. chance, or fourth, and you can also go and, and retrain yourself. You can go back to college. You can go back to trade school, like you're saying, which is a great thing to do. We need there, more there's trade. There's so much opportunity. Exactly, it pisses me off. Well, and that's every the, time I hear someone talk about how they can't find a job or they don't get paid enough, then go get it. It is out there. I'm telling you, it's out there. You know, if you're satisfied with that role and that's the job that you like, that's whatever that job is, that's great too. That's fine. Mm -hmm. That's the opportunity that this country affords us. If you want to live in a McMansion, then go get the job and put the time and effort in and the sacrifice in because let me tell you about the shit you're going to miss in order to live in a McMansion because you're going to miss a lot. Right. Well, even what St. Stallone said, we always, almost every episode we refer back to that. He goes, you know, don't go blaming others if you aren't where you want to be. You know, don't blame this person or that person. You're right. better than that. That's what losers do and you're better than that. Right. Don't do that. That's the temptation. Well, I could be ahead if I weren't blah, blah, blah. We live through life, and there's ups and downs, and we learn from the bad times. We learn from the mistakes to get better and, and to have more good times. No one's going to be able to give that to you. If you think switching to government is all of a sudden going to give that to you, the only person who can give that to you is yourself. Right. Go out and get it. Get in the arena. I think that sums up well. I think this is probably as good a place as any to kind of put a period on this. But it better be, because i got to go. <laughs> well, in that case, uh, I want to thank everyone for their support. Thanks for listening. Please, how we grow is by you sharing. Please share these things. If you have ideas for an episode, flawedinkcle at gmail.com. We will have you on as a guest. Oh, and yeah. We'll give you, uh, we'll pay you uh, half a mil to be a guest on our program. And I will make you a cup of coffee. Cup of coffee, half mil, and purified water. That's what we promised. That's what we got. So anyway, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Parlor, Gab. Make sure you subscribe. We are on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Want to thank you guys and refuse to suck. More importantly, refuse to accept tyranny. Fight for freedom because that's what capitalism is. It is freedom. Mental freedom, financial freedom, more importantly, but. And just remember, Flawedcast is a sheeple free zone. Order. Out. <laughs>